Hi, thank you for joining us. Let's hear from 8th graders about their dystopian novels. First, we will start with Adam and Megan reading The List and iRobot. Welcome to the Dystopian Worlds podcast. I'm Adam and I'm reading The List by Patricia Ford. I'm Megan and I'm reading iRobot by Isaac Asimov. Today we have a prompt that we are discussing and that prompt is... What are some rules slash laws unique to your dystopian society? Do you agree or disagree with these laws? Explain. This is Megan, and my first rule is called the first law of robotics, and this rule is that robots are not allowed to harm humans or let harm come to humans. I disagree with this law because, like, if the robot sees another per like a person harming somebody else, they should be able to, like, stop that person and if they need to they should be able to like knock them out or something just make them stop and also if like a human is harming them they have the right to self-defense i mean like they're robots but they're basically living on earth like people so yeah they have the right to self-defense yeah but sometimes like the robots in this book are owned by people and if they're not owned by anybody or like if they're working and they're being mistreated then they have the right to self-defense that's a really weird rule. In this, in my book, The List by Patricia Ford, in this dystopian society, there's not very many, but you, there's just one really strict rule. You have to speak a language of only 500 words. It's called List. 500? 500 words. <laughs> Jeez. We have, like, a billion. I completely agree with this rule, because if you have to do anything possible to keep, like, everybody in that place safe, even if it means changing the whole kind of way you speak, survive. I can barely speak English right. So my second rule is called the second law of robotics, and it is that robots must obey human orders, except if the order comes in conflict with the first law, meaning if the order is to, like, harm human. Yeah. So I partially agree with this law, and I partially agree because since robots aren't humans, they can be built for different purposes, and then their purpose for existence existence could be to like do what humans say kind of like a servant like if you have a big mansion you can be like a maid or something that you clean that or like if it's like your job you kind of have to do what your boss says right so basically that's what a robot would have to do (coughs) but i disagree because if like the order like what the human says the robot to do right like to do something wrong like break into a house or something no the robot should have right to say no that's not right also, if there's like a robot minding its own business, like doing its job, and then another person comes up and says, hey, go pull my car up here, they should be able to say no, because they have their own job to do. I agree with you, because, yeah, robots, even though they're not technically humans, they should be able to do what they want. So that's my second rule. Do you have a second one? This is not really, didn't really say it, but they did kind of mention it and infer it. They said, like, if the, um, they did kind of infer it, they said, like, you do have to, since there's this, there, I want to say like levels, there's the wordsmiths, and then they have my turtles to rest, but there's wordsmiths at the bottom. You have to respect everybody that's above the level that you are. Oh, that's and So if you're at the bottom, that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of work, I, don't, I, they have, I think you have to like work your way up. I don't know how, maybe it like goes in, through family like, line. It's like in a school. You like, start in pre-K or kindergarten, mm-hmm. and then you go up to, like, college. Or it's like science, or you, yeah. or you either win first and go, or you don't. And mm-hmm. Sorry. I both agree and disagree with this rule, because I agree because you do need to respect everybody that's above you. You need to respect, like, elders 
anybody that's you know has authority over you. I and think you just need to respect everybody anyway. Because yeah. like even the people in your own group, you need to respect them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I, problems. And the same reason I disagree with it is because sometimes they use their own power against the youngers. They take advantage of they their take power. advantage, yes. Ooh. So they <laughs> they take advantage of they say like, oh, well, like how you and the iRobot say, oh, wash my car or do this. Yeah, they do that to the youngers, but not like, not like as strict, but strict. Abuse you know of right? power. Yeah. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a weird rule. I partially agree with it. I don't know what it is. Okay, so I have one more rule. It's called the third rule law of robotics and that a robot must protect their own existence unless it comes in conflict with the first two laws, right? Mm -hmm. So I disagree with this law because like if you're going to create robots and you have a rule that says they have to fight for their existence Then they should be able to do that. But like let's just say the only way to do that is to disobey human orders, right? But they can't do that because that's the second law and second comes before the third So that means it's like a more important law. Then there's no point in the third law because they can't obey it They would get in trouble if they did trying to protect their own existence even though it's a law Conflict quote unquote with the first two laws Right. So that's the end of our podcast. podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget the books in this podcast were The List by Patricia Ford and I, Robot by Isaac Asimov. Come back Back next time time on Dystopian World Podcast. (laughs) Awesome. Now let's hear from Tegan and Lily talking about The Giver. Good morning. Make sure your tea is boiling because we have a lot to spill. I'm Lily. And I'm Tegan. Today, our tea spilling topic is dystopian worlds. Let's get chatting. In The Giver, the government seems really strict, don't you think so? Yes, I think it is very strict. Yeah, the families have to talk about how they feel each day. The families are also only allowed to have two kids and a mom and a dad. Uh, and when you turn 12, you have a, uh, like a ceremony, uh, for your, like, growing up, I guess. And the, most of the time the kids are really nervous about, uh, turning 12, which is probably, like, a really big obstacle for them, because they probably have, like, more, um, more, like, responsibilities to go through. The little sister seems like she's really excited about almost everything, and she has a lot of respect for her brother, don't you think? Yeah, it, she has a lot of respect for him. Because, like, she says, like, she lets her parents talk to her brother while by herself. She understands that it's important. Oh, the little sister's name is Lily, and... And she has a ceremony coming up because she's turning Oh, Lily is always really excited about sharing her feelings at the dinner table because she always wants to be the first one. She's always like, me, me, let me be. Yeah, I can tell she's like very excited to share about her day to her family. And she is very eager to uh, share about her day. And, um, the, it's called, since it's called The Giver, the, uh, main, like, quote is called, or is, not everybody's happy in a perfect world. So, um, 
I would think that, that kind of uh, relates to the book and what it's going to be about, like the main details. So, yeah. Because from what we've read, we know that their society's tough <laughs> at times and that they have certain rules and strict things that they have to follow. Yeah, and because um, since they're trying to make it a perfect society, um, it will probably end up falling apart in the end um, because since, like I said, uh, not everyone is happy in a perfect world, so um, that might uh, trigger into something later on in the book. And so, um, what would you say, or how would you feel if you were to be uh, released at such a young age? Like, in the book, the little baby is just a baby, and like he has to be released into society, basically. And everybody's mournful of it, because that means that the little kid, or the little baby, didn't get to live a long life. They didn't get to have a good life at all. But, like, the older people, it's a celebration whenever they're released because they, it means that they lived a really long life and their life is, like, almost over, which, that's sad, but, like, it's good because they lived a good they life. They lived a good life. Yeah, because um, when you get released, it's, like, kind of like a bad thing if you get released at a young age. Um because you're going off into society all by yourself, and you don't really have anybody. Um, or would you relate to this in any way? I feel like I can't really relate to it very much because, like, we don't have a very strict government to where we can only have so many people in our household. Yeah. But, like, I guess we think of it the same way, not necessarily as a world, but as... Like, if we know someone who's having a baby, we don't want their baby to die. Yeah. Um, I would relate to it because of talking about your day at dinner. Yeah, we do that too Yeah. Sometimes. Like, every single day at dinner, like, our main conversation is how our day was. Either that or sat in the car doing that on the way to school or talking about on the way home from school. So, yeah. So, we just talked about the book called The Giver by Lois Lowry. Tune in next time for some more tea. I'm Tegan. And I'm Lily. See you next time. Adios. Next, Rachel and Dannon talk about Maze Runner and The Giver. Okay. Um, welcome to Dystopian Worlds. Um, I'm Rochelle. That's Damon. And this is our podcast. My book is The Giver by Lewis Lowry. And Damon's is Maze Runner by James Dashner. And we're going to talk about the rules and laws of our, both of our societies and much other things. Okay. Well, I'll start off with my book is about people who are immune from a virus and they, people that are not immune are being killed off due to the virus and nearly killing the entire planet. So, like, if they're immune... They get sent off somewhere? They go to a company called Wicked, and they try to find a cure by torturing them. Jeez, that's not good. Um, if you were to live in that society, how would you like feel about it? Would you like it? Either way, you'd 
you know, suffer. If you're immune, obviously you'll probably live, but be tested in pain. And if you're not immune, you'll probably die. Well, it's a lose-lose. That's not very good. Well, my book doesn't really give a summary anywhere, but so far what I gather from it, um, there's um, family units. So there's only one male and one female, and they can only have two children, which is one male and one female. Um, there's the kid Jonas. He is one of the main characters. He's 11 years old. Um, he has a little sister, Lily, and that's what I got from that. That's all I got. And also, kids that are nine years old get gifted bikes. No kid under nine can have a bike. There's different ceremonies from when you turn a certain age. So there's ceremonies for ones, twos, threes, fours, five, six, seven, eight, and then it stops at 12. There's no age after 12, apparently. Some people forget their age, and it's not something I, I think I'd like to live in it, but I wouldn't choose to. But if I did have to, then it would be quite nice. Um, so I guess the question I have is, what are three characters that you know? Um, yeah, like I said, Jonas, little sister Lily, and also Jonas has a best friend named Asher. Who is apparently late to everything. When he every time he goes to school, he's always late. And when they're late, they have to recite like an apology, and he does that every single time. So. Do you know where the setting of the book takes place? It's in this small town. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's not a very big town, I guess. Everybody knows each other. So. Um. I'm in your book. Uh, did I already ask? Oh yeah, I did. Um, who's your favorite character in the book? Uh, it's gotta be, I think Thomas. He's the main character. He seems like he's gonna be the hero to help save everybody. Who's your least favorite? Um, don't really have a least favorite yet. Not too far into it yet. Well, if I'm looking in the book right now. Just by looks, I'd say my favorite character is Newt, because he has a cool name, and it's a fish. That has nothing to do with anything, but my favorite character. Um, in my book, there's this newborn child. Well, actually, hold on, I'm gonna give you the backstory on it. There's, um, different, uh, there's different children in a nurturing center that both fam that families have to go to to find their child. Okay. Um, there's there's a ceremony for when you get your child. So when any child turns one in the nurturing center, they get sent off, and then there's families that either get assigned a child or they pick their child. So I think that's pretty cool, but at the same time, I don't think it is because I feel like if a, m a mother gives birth to a child, then they have more of a connection. But then when you just go from pick one, then it's not really much of a connection. So that's something I thought that was cool in my book. Yep. So uh, that was our podcast. Hope you liked it. Um, we talked about uh, some really cool stuff. So join in next time if you'd like to hear more. See you. Christian and Gino, tell us about Animal Farm.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Stopian World's Podcast Day. It's your boy Christian. And your boy Gino. Coming back with a banger. Today, we'll be discussing our book, Animal Farm, by George Orwell. George Orwell released Animal Farm in 1945. At the end of World War II, George o- Orwell was born June 25th, 1903, and his dad was Indian, but he was born in England. Has George Orwell published any other novels? If so, which novels has he published? He has a number of poems. And he published 1984 and 1949. Oh, that sounds interesting. So I realized that this book is a, ca- a cautionary tale of the dangers of totalitarianism. What is totalitarianism? Totalitarianism is a system of government that is centralized and dictatorial. It requires a complete subservience to the state. Okay, so the book starts off with the mayor, an old white boy, having a gathering with the other animals. He tells the animals about how in the future humans will not exist and animals will live in freedom and be in control. Why do you think the white boar is the mayor and he is well respected? I think the white boar is respected because he's a wise elder and the animals think he's very intelligent. Only one animal didn't come to the meeting, which was the tame raven. Why do you think he didn't come to the meeting? The tame raven didn't come to the meeting because he was on lookout for the farmer, Mr. Jones. How do you know that this book is a dystopian novel? Because it talks about the future where all the animals will be freed and be in control over all humans. Okay, that sounds realistic. What do you think about the Seven Commandments in the book on page 24? I think that they're similar to the commandments in real life. Um, I like how they actually have commandments set up so that in the future, if the animals do take over the world, they'll know what's right from wrong. Yeah, I feel the same way that the animals already know what's going on. They'd be ready. So... In conclusion, thanks for listening to our Dystopians World podcast. Be sure to stay tuned. Get ready. Have a great day. God bless. You already know. We out. Ella and Grayson, tell us about Shatter Me and Brave New Girl. Hi, I'm Ella. And I'm Grayson. And welcome to Dystopian Worlds. I'm reading Shatter Me by Tahira Mafi. And I'm reading Brave New Girl by Rachel Vincent. And we're discussing the similarities and differences between our dystopian novels to the real world. So, Ella, um, what are some of the laws or rules in your book? Um, Well, in my book, everyone is the exact same. Each year, kids have a different look, and it's different from the before and after years. Um, But they all look or have similar traits and personalities, and it's all for the greater good of the town. Actually, on page six, it says, our city's fortune depends upon the strength of all members working together. And I do agree with this because I personally think in any town, everyone needs to work together to make that town great. So Grayson, what are some rules and laws you have in your dystopian novel Um, that are unique? In my book, The World is Dying and Being Destroyed, Juliet has a fatal touch and the reestablishment is trying to use her powers to their advantage because they are in a war and they need her help. Mm-hmm. In the asylum that she was placed in, it's dark and it never has light in it. Um, animals are like almost all extinct or dead. And, um, the weather is unreliable, like it's sunny outside and there's snow on the ground. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, they, ca- they can't grow enough food and the population is dying. Um, I don't agree with these laws. Um, I think it's un- unrightful mm-hmm. to her or the citizens in the town. They don't get to live in the town they used to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have a few questions for you, Grayson. So, um, I could tell that your book is pretty, um, 
devastating, I will say. Yeah. Um, but how did your book start? Exactly? Um, it starts off by saying how like she was placed in the asylum mm -hmm. and how she felt when she was put in the asylum. Mm -hmm. um, another question I have is, what is something you can relate to in your book? Um, she's kind of quiet and like not really like a people person, and I can kind of relate to that. I'm quiet. At the same time, I'm not like she is. She can open up too. Mm -hmm. So, um, Ella, what is different from your book society from regular society today? Well, um, in my book, everyone looks the same. Like I said, and definitely in our society, no one looks the same. I mean, we might have like similar um, traits or looks or things like that, but no one looks the exact same. We're all made differently, and um, so it's nothing like that because we're not matching with everyone. Like in my book. Um, but yeah. Okay, I have another question. Mm -hmm. In what ways is the main character different from the other characters in your book? Um, well, like I said, it is kind of hard to figure that out because she does look like every other girl in her um, age group, I guess you could say. But she is very outgoing. She is very determined to do what she has in plan. She sets a goal and she makes sure that she accomplishes it. Um, where some of the other girls are a little bit Concerned like yours, um, very quiet, doesn't yeah. talk very much. Mm -hmm. um, so she could be different like that, um, very outgoing, I would say. Yeah. Um, and my last question I have with you, um, why exactly did you choose this book? Um, well, I read the back of the book, and I really it seemed really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that it's very appealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that it would be a good book to read. Well, it seemed interesting, yes. very interesting. Um, why did you choose your book? Um, well, I chose my book because it seemed interesting um, itself because it is so different from our society, I would say, um, because we don't all look alike. And so I wanted to see how some of the people in this book kind of lived their lives as they saw their faces in every crowd um, because mm -hmm. they're kind of looking in the mirror as an image of them, but with 5,000 other people. Yeah. Um, today we discuss some of the rules that are unique to our dystopian societies. Um, in this podcast, you will learn about di different dystopian novels and how they compare and contrast to our society. I read Shatter Me by Tahira Mafi. And I read Brave New Girl by Rachel Vincent. See you, See you next, next time. time. Signing out, Dystopian, dystopian Worlds. worlds.